I invite you to Psalm 119. We're going to be looking at verses 17 through 24. Psalm 119, 17 through 24. As we prepare to enter into another year, we turn our attention this morning to the Word of God and a particular chapter that is about the Word of God. I'm reading from the English Standard Version, and if you do not have a Bible, we have copies in uh, all of our in our overflows and here in the vestibule of the worship center and we would love for you to pick up a copy today as our gift to you if you are able would you please stand in honor of the reading of this portion of scripture deal bountifully with your servant that i may live and keep your word Open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. I am a sojourner on the earth. Hide not your commandments from me. My soul is consumed with longing for your rules at all times. You rebuke the insolent, accursed ones who wander from your commandments. Take away from me scorn and contempt, for I have kept your testimonies. Even though princes sit plotting against me, your servant will meditate on your statutes. Your testimonies are my delight. They are my counselors. Thank you. The Bible and a bountiful 2021 the Bible and a bountiful 2021. Let's pray and ask the Lord to be with us and help us this morning. Father, we bow our heads and we're thankful, Father, for the beginning of our service as we have sung the truth of, continue to sing the truth of Christmas, Lord. And for us as believers, Lord, we never... We never isolate that to one day a year, that your Son has come. We marvel in it, we rejoice in it all year long. For he has come to seek and to save those who are lost, those who are separated from you, those who need salvation and forgiveness. We thank you for sending Christ. We thank you for his work on our behalf in his life, in his death, in his resurrection. We thank you especially, Father, this day as we begin to see the close of one year and we begin to step into another year. We thank you especially for your precious word, your written word that you have revealed, you have spoken, you have given to us, Lord, that we might know you, that we might hold truth, that we might find salvation written on these pages. We want to thank you, Father, for the sacrifice of so many years and years and years ago who who went before us to make sure that we can have your precious word even in our own language 
our first language. We thank you for that work that continues to be done around the world to, to make the Scripture available in the language, in the first language, the heart language of every tribe and nation and tongue. There's no more important work being done than to translate the words of life to every language. Father, we just pray that you would help us as your people today as we, as we dig into this passage together, that you would be digging into our hearts, Lord, and, and planting there a deep love and a deep craving and longing for your word and for all of the treasure and the life that we find therein. Draw us to yourself through your word and may we be people of the Bible, people who love it and know it and read it and cherish it and believe it and and live it and may that be reflected in our lives in the coming year. We, We so desperately need each and every day to see you, to hear from you, to be filled with you and Lord, you've given us the means for that by giving us your word. So do a work in us today, Father, that will continue throughout the rest of this year, throughout the rest of our lives, throughout 2021. And we ask for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we often say of fond years that 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 was a year to remember. I don't know of many people that will say that about 2020, that they really want to remember this year. There's, there's been so, so much chaos and, and heartache, and we even have some in, in, our, in our church family even this day that are dealing uh, with suffering from the virus and in their family members and, and heartache and loss. This is probably been a year to forget, if anything. And the more disruptive and chaotic and uncertain and heartbreaking that 2020 has become, the, the more we have collectively, I think, looked forward to 2021. We've, we've all kind of been looking over the horizon a little bit, wait, waiting on January the 1st and hoping for a better year. And we know that January the 1st is not a, it's not a magical date. And, and on January the 2nd, uh, all the hardships are, are going to vanish and all the challenges of 2020 are going to reverse themselves. And, and all of a sudden, in, in the blink of an eye, in the turn of a calendar date, we'll, we'll be back to normal. But we are hopeful that things will be better. As vaccines are distributed, maybe, maybe, maybe there'll be something like normal in 2021. We're, we're hopeful, but with great caution. We're hopeful that things would, would settle down. There's a, there's a coming presidential transition just in a matter of weeks, and we're hoping that things will settle, but with great caution. A new year has always represented a, a fresh new start. And, and so we, we can't help but look to 2021 with, with hope. But before we bid adieu to, to 2020, maybe, maybe even with a little good riddance to 2020, before it passes from us 
this week and, and we step into a brand new year, there, there's one thing that we should do with this present year, and that is not let the lessons that this year has taught us be forgotten. I don't know about you, but for me, 2020 has forced me to face the reality of three large lessons that, that I don't think, or at least I hope, I, I won't forget, I won't soon forget. The first lesson is, for me, has been the rapid moral decline of our culture has reminded me that this world is not my home. It's hard to be comfortable in this world now. It's not my home. Biblical religious convictions are now often labeled as hatred and bigotry. And it reminds me that my citizenship is in heaven. What I'm waiting for is not another election. What I'm waiting for is a Savior who is Christ the Lord. It reminds me that we are looking for a city whose builder and founder is God. That's where we're headed. Second, for me at least, the the vast, sweeping, global lifestyle changes and the suffering and, and heartache brought about by a microscopic virus reminds me to build my life on a certain eternal foundation. To build my life on a foundation that cannot be changed, altered, or weakened by any earthly force. Paul writes in Romans chapter 8, verses 38 and 39, I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come. We could read there, nor 2020, nor 2021, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation, that includes coronavirus, will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. This year has reminded me to build my life on a sure foundation. And lastly, all of the disunity and discord and division of this year has reminded me to not place my hope in this world. My hope is not in this world. It's not in the ideology of this world or solutions, man-made solutions. The hymn says it so well, doesn't it? Our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and his righteousness. We have had some good lessons, and there are more, and there are positive lessons that have come. Let's not let those slip by. And all of this really brings me back to the Bible, back to realizing once again how nourishing it is for our faith. How necessary the Bible is for our daily living. How increasingly it becomes so essential 
that the scriptures are na- helping us navigate this life and, and all of the challenges and trials and obstacles and hardships as we make our way to life eternal. The key to a bountiful 2021 will not be found in a vaccine. We should not set our hope in a vaccine. I'm not saying don't take it. You understand what I'm saying, right? That's not our final hope. It will not be found in a stimulus check. Somebody say amen there. Y'all awake this morning? It will not be found in a vaccine. It will not be found in a stimulus check. It will not be found in a political solution. It will not be found in the adoption of a godless worldview. The things of earth simply will not satisfy souls that were created for eternity. They cannot fill the vacuum. They cannot last. What is seen is temporary. What is unseen is eternal. The outward is wasting away. But the soul that has been reconciled to God through Christ is made alive and is being made ready for an eternal dwelling. Bounty then comes when you feed the soul, when when we feast on absolute, unchanging, immovable truth. Bounty comes through abiding in and delighting in and the cherishing of and the living out of God's true word. That's exactly what we find the psalmist expressing in Psalm 119. As you know, Psalm 119 is the longest chapter in the Bible. And in Psalm 119, the focus is the word of God And all of the verses of Psalm 119 is pointing us back to the Bible, back to sacred scripture. In other words, the psalmist is using every single word he can grasp, every single writing tool in his capability and arsenal to celebrate and adhere to the life and salvation that is only found in scripture. So let us as a congregation, as a people of God, determine together right here and right now in 2020 that we will fill our lives with the Word of God in 2021. That we will find a way, we will find a time, we will find a plan to invest our lives in the Bible. That we won't face another Or another day until we have faced the Lord in his word. That we have come to know and believe and practice that we shall not live by bread alone. But by every word that comes from God. I challenge us all, myself included, to to step into the light of truth every single day. To to expose our hearts and, and our thoughts and our intentions and our words and our actions to Scripture. To realign our lives with God's will as it has been revealed to us in His Word. And this is a great passage, a great place for us to start The first thing that we notice in verses 17 through 20, what we're learning from the psalmist here is is to approach our daily time in God's Word 
with prayer. With prayer. Notice that's exactly how the psalmist approaches the Bible. He's praying as he begins to sing here of the Scripture. He begins by praying about the Scripture. He comes to the Word of God through prayer. We see here three prayers and and one evidence of the praying. The first prayer that he utters here is, Deal bountifully with your servant. That's a prayer. Deal bountifully with your servant. In other words, be gracious. Be gracious. Provide help. Treat, Treat me with mercy. Deal bountifully, wonderfully with me. And what is the result of God dealing bountifully with the servant, dealing bountifully with us? Notice what he says, deal bountifully with your servant that, in, order, in other words, the dealing bountifully results in this, that I may live, that I may live. The psalmist knows that every single breath is a gift of God. He measures our days. He he holds our lives in his hand. Bounty for the psalmist was not wealth or, or fame or ease of life. Bounty was to breathe, to exist, to be created for the glory of God, to, to live, to enjoy God and all of his gifts, to, to wake up to another sunrise, to live and move and have our being through the grace of God. Every one of us gathered today, we are living in the bounty of God's grace. If, if for no other reason, then, then we are here. We, we are here together. But notice further, how, how does the psalmist understand real living? How does the psalmist understand life? How does, he, how does he grasp really living in the bountiful grace of God? Notice what he says. Deal bountifully with your servant that I may live. And here it is. Keep your word. Everybody that's alive is living, but not everybody's living. The psalmist understands this. Deal bountifully with me that I may live. And here's what sets it apart. Keep your word. Keep your word. That's a marvelous insight into the Bible that that so many of us miss and so few of us find. God, God has given us his word Not to keep us from living, but rather that we might know real living, true life. When God told Adam and Eve to to not eat the fruit of this one tree, you you can enjoy everything that I've created, but but stay away from this one tree. When, When God gave that commandment, he wasn't trying to keep something wonderful from them. God gave them that commandment to keep something wonderful for them. Life. Life. The worst thing they could have possibly done that we do daily would would be to not trust God's word. Would be to not keep God's word. 
The very moment they failed to adhere to their father's direction, death awaited them, not life. Life was found in the keeping of his word. The psalmist says, deal bountifully with your servant that I may live and keep your word. May we not be fooled by our own drifting and swaying desires, the the enticements of the world around us, the charming, influential voices of, of others, but may we find the bountiful life that is here for us in 2021 by the keeping of the word. And that leads us to the second prayer. He not only prays, deal bountifully with your servant, but look at verse 18. He prays, open my eyes. Open my eyes that that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. To keep God's word, we need to be able to see how wondrous it is. We we need to be able to see the treasures and, and the glories that are there for us. So the psalm prays, open my eyes. Open my my spiritual eyes. Tune my heart. Wake me up. Help me grasp. Help me see. Help me behold and, and delight in. Which makes me understand that the psalmist struggled to read the scripture just as we do. Anybody struggle to read the scripture on a daily basis? The psalmist Evidently did. He's praying, open my eyes. He too didn't grasp it. He too didn't understand all of it. It went over his head a lot of times. He, he, he often read and, and forgot what he just read and, and wondered if he was just wasting time. He, he read the words of life and, and often he missed the life that was there just as we do. The psalmist, just as we, he was a sinner too. He, sin made him spiritually numb and blind and neglectful and busy and lazy and disinterested and distracted. Just as it does us when we attempt to prize the scripture as it should be prized. It seems like everything comes against it. The best things are not easily done or easily achieved. But the psalmist had seen enough little glimpses of glory shining through. He he had come across enough treasures as he's been dwelling in the scripture. He, He had seen enough to know that the Bible is filled with treasure. He's just not seeing them. He's just not getting them. He needed God's help. He he needed God's grace to open his eyes so that he could see it. He could behold it. He could delight in it. The veil of scripture is not over the book. It's over our hearts. Let this be our prayer as well when we come to the Bible. The beauties and wonders of scripture They are astounding, they are thrilling, they are life-giving, soul-warming. They are enough to carry us through this life. They are enough to lead us into life eternal. But we need God's grace to enable us to behold it. But they are everywhere. Let me share with you one little treasure. I say little treasure. 
Psalm 107, verse 9. I, I keep going back to this one. The psalmist says, For he satisfies, speaking of God, he satisfies the longing soul, and the hungry soul he fills with good things. Isn't that wonderful? Describing our God, he satisfies, he, he satisfies the longing soul, and the hungry soul he fills with good things. Now, what makes this treasure even, even more of a treasure is that over in Luke chapter 2, Mary, when she finds out she's with child by the Holy Spirit, that she's carrying the Son of God in her womb, she declares of the Christ child. Psalm 107 verse 9, she says, He fills the hungry soul with good things. Of Christ. Luke 2, 53. What a treasure. Lord, open my eyes. And that leads us to the third prayer. Hide not your commandments from me. See what he says? I am, I am a sojourner on the earth. That's kind of our, one of those lessons from 2020, isn't it? I am a sojourner on the earth. Hide not your commandments from me. The psalmist is confessing that I, I may not at first want to see him. I, I, I may not in my flesh want to hear you say, don't eat that tree. Don't eat of the fruit of that tree. I, I may not in myself and, and in my own way desire to embrace the life, the bountiful life that is in the keeping of your word. So, so hide them not from me. In other words, show me their goodness. Help me to understand the grace that is there. Let me see that your word is there for my life, for, for my goodness. Your commands are there for your glory and, and for my good. Help me to understand that your word reveals your character. Your, your word directs me and guides me to life. I am earthly. I am finite. I, I, am, I am still spiritually struggling with the old man. I, I, I need God to reveal the, the, what is heavenly in these pages, what is divine in these pages, what is forever. Hide them not from me. And when we come to Scripture in that manner, with, with that kind of praying, these three prayers that we see, Knowing that the Bible is the, the treasure of life it's, that God has given to us, revealed to us. Realizing that we need God's help to see it. It's not just that he's given it and we have it, but we won't get it without his help. We, we need his help to grasp it. Not only to grasp it, but to love it. To long for it. God is, when we approach scripture that way, God is faithful. Again, he's not, God's not in heaven trying his best to keep us from life. God has revealed life to us. He, he's faithful to open up the scripture to us, to open up our hearts to receive it. And the evidence of that is verse 20, isn't it? 
And the psalmist goes through these prayers, and then in verse 20, he, he says, My soul is consumed with longing for your rules at all times. You, you see, we have to go through the praying of verses 17, 18, and 19 to get to the answered prayer in verse 20. There, there's been a remarkable work in his heart. But, but once we are there, there's nowhere else we'd rather be. The, the psalmist is not looking for something else now. Communing with our God and Savior through the means of his divine word of truth and life. So number one for us for this year, approach our daily time in God's word with prayer. And then secondly, take God's word with us throughout the day. Take God's word with us throughout the day, verses 21 through 24. That's what the psalmist is doing in these verses He's come to the Bible with a, with a hungry heart. He's longing for the Lord. He's relying on the Lord to speak. And, and the result is that the Word of God is at work in his life now. It's at work within him. The wonders that he sees in verse 18 have kept him from wandering in verse 21. You rebuke the insolent, accursed ones who wander from your commandments. Those who wander from the, the word only find heartache and destruction and consequence of sin. That, that's what Adam and Eve found when they wandered. And that's what we're sure to find when we wander from God's will. But those who behold the wonders, they find life. Now notice with me in verse 22 that God has answered the prayer of verse 17. Verse 17, deal bountifully with your servant that I may live and, and keep your word. And, and verse 22, what does he say? For I have kept your testimonies. God has answered that prayer. Take away from me scorn and contempt for I have kept your testimonies. What, what is a testimony? Well, a testimony is... It's when you declare, you affirm that something is true of yourself. When you give witness of yourself, you testify, you give a testimony. That's the Bible. It's God's testimony. The Bible is divine self-disclosure. It's, it's divine self-revelation. This is God's testimonies. What he has declared to be true, what he has affirmed to be true of himself and of his work and of his plan. The psalmist says, I have kept. And, and there's something that the psalmist begins to realize in, in the keeping of the word. And, and just like the psalmist, if we keep the word, we can be absolutely sure of these two things as well. No, number one, he, he's already discovered that, that we find life. When you keep the word, you, you find true life. You, you find treasure. You behold wonders. But... We can also be sure, as the psalmist has discovered here, that we will face opposition and ridicule. Look at verses 22 and 23. Take away from me scorn and contempt, verse 23, even though princes sit plotting against me. 
Those who wander from Scripture will despise those who are taken by its wonders. But the psalmist doesn't meet his opposition with fear or or hate or retribution, does he? While the princes are sit, sit plotting, he's sitting in the word. He's meditating. He simply goes back to the source of life. He, he knows life is not found in, 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 in paying evil for evil. He, he knows life is found in the scripture, even in times of persecution. It's in the Bible that he finds promises and assurances that sustain him through this trial and every trial. And then when we finally... Find in in verse 24 that God has answered the prayers of verses 18 and, and 19. The psalmist has beheld those wonders and they are now his delight. He has seen the goodness of God's commands and they are now his counselors. Verse 18 and verse 24 have become special verses for me. I've noted them. I've written them down. I've tried to commit them to memory. Open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. And the result of that prayer, your testimonies are my delight. They are my counselors. Let me ask you something. Do you need counseling? Are you struggling with life? Are you weighed down with sin? Is there an issue that you just can't seem to come to grips with? Are you burdened with doubt, seeking direction, desiring to do what is right? Do you need help? If we're all being honest, we would all say at times we all do. Amen? It begins and ends with the truth and the life of God's word. God's testimonies, they are my counselors. There's where I find truth. There is where I find life. There is where I find direction for living. If you are seeing a counselor, by the way, and he or she hasn't opened up a Bible yet, go find another one. Because wherever they're taking you to is not going to result an ultimate life and solution and salvation. Approach the Bible in prayer and then let us take the word with us throughout our day. That's how we find a bountiful 2021. And now for a time of drawing to a conclusion here. I just want to go through some practical steps. Some of those are listed in your bulletin. If you, if you desire to give yourself to Bible reading, to give yourself to the Word of God in 2021, I, I ask you to join me in this endeavor to spend this coming year in the Scripture. Here's a couple of options for you. Here, here are five Bible reading options. Number one is, is the five by five plan. That means five chapters, five days a week, Monday through Friday. Five chapters, five days a week, and you will read the entire Bible next year. Isn't that wonderful? Five chapters, five days a week, and you'll read the entire Bible. You say, man, I've never done that, or I have, and I'd love to do it again. How can I go about doing it five by five? Secondly, four by five. 
Four chapters a day, five days a week. Now, what that is, is the Old Testament. Maybe you're saying, I'm pretty familiar with the New Testament, but I'd like to become more acquainted with the Old Testament, with the, with the history of God's redemption, with all the promises made that Christ fulfills. Well, four chapters a day, five days a week, you'll read the entire Old Testament next year. And then there's the one-by-five plan. That's the New Testament. Say, I really want to know the New Testament. I I really want to dig into the New Testament. I, I know it, but I want to know it more. One chapter a day, five days a week, and you'll read through the entire New Testament next year. And then here's one that you might be interested in, the dive into a book plan. That means just pick a single book of the Bible. There's 66. Pick a single book. I I would suggest the Gospel of John. Take the Gospel of John and, and just determine that in 2021, you're going to know that book inside and out. You're going to come to know John, and you're going to come to know his writing and what his gospel account tells. So every day you read a passage, and then when you finish reading, you start over. Every day you read a passage, get a good commentary as you read through the scripture passage, read the commentary that goes along with it. You can't beat Leon Morris's commentary on John. Get a good study Bible, and as you're reading each passage, read the study notes that go along. Read the introduction. Read the articles that are there in that book. I would recommend the ESV study Bible. Memorize verses in that book that leap off the page that God really impresses on your heart. Memorize verses. Memorize entire passages. Memorize entire chapters. Know the theme. Know the layout. Know it like the back of your hand by the end of next year. Wouldn't it be wonderful? How much treasure, if you keep digging and keep digging and keep, how much treasure can you find? And then there's another one. You may say, well, I hadn't heard anything yet that kind of grabs me. Well, pick your own plan. If you have an app on your phone or tablet, it, a Bible app, it probably has a plan on it. If you have a study Bible, it probably has a Bible reading plan in it. Find a plan that fits you. The main point is not which one you use. The point is just being exposed to the word, getting in the Bible each and every day, meeting God, hearing from him, seeking that treasure, finding that life. And then quickly, here here are three practical steps to help us to stick with it, to help us to, to stay with it throughout the year. Don't let this be a New Year's resolution, by the way. We know those fizzle out, right? Before the end of January, those are gone. These are, this is not a New Year's resolution. This is a, a, a life-altering change. We, the, the first thing we're going to do is set aside. We're, we're going to set aside a time and a place. We're, we're going to make it sacred. There are things that you do every day that you have to do, so you do them. Let your time in God's Word be just like that. Make it something you have to do. Pray that it would be something you want to do. Give me that longing, Lord. Set aside a time. Make it sacred. Set aside a place and a time. Secondly, choose a translation that fits. Choose a a, a version that, uh, not a, a, a version that fits. Now, for example, some of you love the King James Version. If that fits, dive into it. 
You know that I study, I read, I I preach from the English Standard Version. And the reason why I do that is because King James says that the Lord speaketh. And the ESV says the Lord speaks. And today I speak, I don't speaketh. It's, It's just modern English. But it's still centered in on the original Hebrew and Greek behind the text. Choose a version that fits. And and third, find a reading partner. Find a reading partner, whether that be your spouse or your best friend or your family or your coworker or whatever it is, but, but keep one another encouraged and accountable and discuss what you're reading and read together and do whatever it takes to encourage one another in the following of Scripture. Let us know. Send me an email or, or, or a text or, or contact the church and, and let us know what you're doing and let me know how I can help. How can I, as your pastor, help you in the committing to the word and staying with the word? I'll do anything I can because there's where we're going to find the bountiful life for the coming year. So let's commit it to the Lord. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you would help us as your people here at Grassy Pond to discover what the psalmist had discovered, that there are wonders in your word, that there are treasures, that there is life and salvation, that what you have told us and and revealed to us about who you are and about how to live this life and and where we find salvation, all of those things are, are that we might find life, that we might have good, that we might enjoy, that we might know peace and true contentment and true satisfaction, that our souls and our hearts would be filled with good things. So, Father, help us, Lord. Give us that desire. Help us to seek. Help us to find. Help us to behold. Help us to cherish all that you have revealed to us. You have been listening to the sermon ministry of Will Owens, pastor of Grassy Pond Baptist Church, Gaffley, South Carolina. Be sure to visit willowens.com to hear more sermons, read blogs, and learn more about the missions branch P67 Missions. Again, thank you for listening to Will Owens. <laughs>